beware, spoiler phobes. This one is actually about family. This week, I'm actually not here as Joanna and Neil take on the Fast and Furious franchise and Ender Wright's Hot Our two hosts will rank the Fast and the Furious movies, including the newest Fate of the Furious, before taking a segment to devote some time to the 10th anniversary of this Edgar Wright masterpiece. I actually have no idea what's coming. Let's listen to it again. Hello and welcome to a storm of spoilers of season tour. I'm Neil Miller, and if there's one thing that is most important to me in this world, it's family. That's so sweet, Neil. I I have to say that I'm Joanna Robinson, and the one thing that's most important to me in this world is actually, I mean... For me, it's family. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of common, a lot in common this week with uh, this one of the subjects of the thing we're talking about. We're talking about Fate of the Furious, uh, and we share Vin Diesel's passion for family <laughs> and Coronas and, and Coronas, women in short skirts and fast cars and chunky crucifix necklaces. Mm-hmm. And all of the above, and, and yes, yeah. except everything except for hating the Rock. That's the only place I can't follow. Yeah, no, we can't go. We can't go with hating the Rock. <laughs> anyway, so we're talking fate, fate of the Furious. Uh, this let this serve as your spoiler warning. You are, of course, listening to a storm of spoilers. And once we get into that second segment, where we'll be talking fate of the Furious, we're just going to launch right into spoilers. So just know that. Uh, but it did come out last weekend, so you've had plenty of time. Uh, but before we get into all that, Joanna, do we have reviews? Well, one thing we should um, notice is, um, or one thing that you guys might have noticed already, is that we're missing. Oh, a did I forget of- to say that Dave's not here? <laughs> we're missing a member of our family, which is Dave Gonzalez. <laughs> he is missing. It is. Oh, sorry, Dave. April twentieth. In Denver, Colorado, so you can do your own equation on that one, why Dave is not here. Um, but uh, we are going to gamely soldier on without him, uh, and he'll be back next week. And when he is back, we're going to, like, you know, the full family will be back together. It'll, it will have been a while. Anyway. Right. I do, I do have and a- we can finally go after the bad guys. Exactly. I with do the have- whole family. <laughs> I do have one thing. One review to read. We've only gotten one review since last we spoke. So, uh, guys, please do remember to rate and review us on iTunes if you have the inclination. This is a five-star review, but the headline is really just one star, which is this This commentary is following Dave's rule, which is that you can say whatever you want as long as you actually leave us physically five stars. 
<laughs> you can trash us if you want. Uh, this is from Dragon Dancing a Penguin. And uh, it opens with a little request, which is Southern Accent Joanna, please. I have way too many podcasts in my list. This one is a low value for me on non-Game of Thrones stuff, but I do love it when you cover Game of Thrones, so I listen just until after the Game of Thrones up- update. So, um, Neil, will we be like leaning back into Game of Thrones anytime soon? Listen, I have great news for the dragon penguin guy. <laughs> what is it? It is that in a few weeks, in the second to last week of May, I believe it's around the 23rd-ish, we are going to begin the rethrones. We are going to get back in our boats. We are going to start rowing with our muscly rowers back toward the Citadel of Crazy Town. And on our way back, we're going to explore seasons one through six. It's going to be very fantastic. I am personally doing a reread via audiobook because <laughs> I'm lazy. A re-listen. Uh, it counts. Re- a re-listen, a re-watch, a uh, Dave has committed to doing none of these things, but I think you and I are going to re That's our usual dynamic. Them. We get to explain things to Dave. Um, yeah. My mom always used to call it reading with her ears. So you're just reading with your ears. It's fine. Listen, I mean... No shame. It's, it's one of the things my ears are most useful for. No shame in the game. As it turns out. No shame. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be doing rethrones uh, starting uh, toward the end of May. So get geared up for that because that will lead us up to our appearance in at the end of June at Con of Thrones, which I think we should mention because Dragon Riding a Penguin guy, right? Dragon Riding Penguin? Dragon Dancing a Penguin. Dragon Dancing a Penguin. Man, sorry. Um, would be interested in the fact that Con of Thrones, there have been some announcements this week, and I personally am excited, uh, you know, about one of them. Uh, but who do we, who do we got? No, you're very excited about both. Um, Sure. (laughs) Well, the big one, the one that, that, um, you know, Neil is most excited about is, uh, I believe you refer to her, her as your future wife. Yes, that is correct. I like to refer to her by mispronouncing her name. It's Carice Van Houten, who plays Melisandre, the Red Priestess. So you could say that Con of Thrones has sort of committed its cause to Rolor, if you wanted to. Right. Uh, Going to be a bunch of holy rollers Down that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Works every time. <laughs> Works the second time every time. And then um, we also have Miltos Yerolamu. I don't know if I... Whose name we, we will figure out how to pronounce by the time that comes around. Yerolamu? Yerolamu. Um, yeah. yeah. He's Cyril Pharrell. Cyril Pharrell, in short. The first sort of bravos. Yeah. Um, not, as it turns out, seen in the background of a shot <laughs> last season. <laughs> no, but we should ask him about that. Despite the conspiracy theorists over on Mashable.com. But, oh, I met... I met um, the, like one of the editors at Mashable.com, a lovely gentleman in LA this week. And mm. I was like, buddy, your crackpot Game of Thrones theories. He's like, I know. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, we have so many. I was like, you do. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. Which is great because the other thing that caught my eye this week from Con of Thrones mm-hmm. is a little thing called Crackpot Corner. What happens in Crackpot Corner, Neil? I have a feeling that we're going to be discussing crackpot theories. Oh. I know I will be there 
other people who think uh, all everybody's a secret Targaryen will be there. What was the other one that they mentioned? Something oh, about mermaids. Ver- that Ver- Varys is a mermaid. That yeah, was- I don't get that one. Oh, that's my favorite crazy. Wait, hold on. We need to talk about this. Okay. Um, uh, I because I wrote up all the um ones for Vanity Fair and I went deep. It's like the sort of Roose Bolton is a vampire. You know that one too, right? Yeah, that one. I think that one we talked about uh, on the show. Did we ever talk about Varys being a mermaid? Merman? Mer? Ooh, that's a tough one because he's non-gender. Mer, mer, mer person. Mer? <laughs> mer they? <laughs> I don't know what pronoun does he use. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to find this. I know I'm like just killing time right now, and you're like, please do when I get on with it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I titled this. 11 beautifully bonkers, bad, and brainless Game of Thrones fan theories ruthlessly, ruthlessly crushed by season wow. six. That's just a lot to say. Right <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of a headline. We have fun. So, uh, oh, God. Man, I really went in on this one. Anyway, Varys is a mermaid. How, cool. else, how else do you explain him getting from Doran to Marine so quickly? Okay, this is an old theory from the books and based on textual evidence, like Tyrion threatening to throw Varys overboard and the eunuch exclaiming that Tyrion would be surprised by the results. Someone wrote a 20-point breakdown on, uh, on Reddit, I think, about why Varys is definitely a mermaid. Um, we've never seen Varys' legs on the show. <laughs> I think we do see them in the seasons of promo photo. Um, yeah, so th- this is like an old weird theory that Varys is a merman. Um, so yeah, and there's a, there's a Reddit post called all slash spoilers theory, the best theory about Varys I have ever read. And it's a 28-point defense nice. of the merman thing. Okay, oh, so we can, yeah. They're called merlings. Great, merlings. <laughs> That's the non-gendered version. I love it. <laughs> so Varys the Merling Merlings yeah it's great it's just great it's great stuff so all this around is, this is the kind of stuff that we will be talking about in the crackpot corner at Con of Thrones cannot wait I feel like as long as uh, it is near a bar I think I'll be fine like if I can drink and hang out in the crackpot corner um, with my entourage of people that I will have met <laughs> at Con of Thrones it'll be good uh, can't wait. You know, I have good news for you, buddy. There is an open container policy in the convention hall, which means oh. that at any point during the convention, we're allowed to wander around with a beverage, an adult beverage in our hands. So we can do like, we know? go full Tyrion all weekend if we want to. Right. Do we know what kind of, um, I would imagine, since uh, having talked to some of the people behind this thing, uh, yourself and uh, some others included, uh, that their every detail... No, no expense has been spared. I would imagine there are going to be goblets and maybe some wine what? skins. You, I, you know, I mean, I would say if you want to be safe, BYOG, bring your own goblet. Um, Ooh, okay. But there are, there's going to be like a merch section, right? So you can probably, I'm certain that there are going to be people selling goblet type things in the merch section. Um, have you ever been to like a Ren Fair? Nope. Oh, Neil! 
Um, anyway, so like there's always this merch section at the Ren Fair. So like if you didn't come to the Ren Fair with the accessories you need, you can usually find them in the merch section. So uh, it's not like merch at a concert. It's like there are vendors that's like, ah, oh, the, glo- the gobletier. Ah, oh, this person sells corsets. That's not necessarily what you'll be in the mood for, Neil. But like maybe you want a, a pouch to put your Listen, in. who knows? So far, my uh, and I like to title this. Neil meets his soulmate at Con of Thrones plan. Oh, okay. Uh, weight loss plan <laughs> is not going so well. So maybe I will be there for a corset. Um. Still no. Maybe you can. You okay. know what? I support you in all your endeavors, whatever they may be. Excellent. But um, corset or no, soulmate or no, we're gonna have fun at, at Con of Thrones and uh. They will be. I, I think the the beverages that are being sold might be determined by the like the vendors of the event space, and that's different entirely from like the merch section because there are actually mm. like little restaurants and stuff like that in the vendor. It's possible you can bring your own wine. I don't know. Well, we'll find out. It's together. like it's like a whole city it's inside a whole, of a building. Yeah, you guys, we won't have to see the light of day for the entire weekend if we don't want to. So sounds great. I love not seeing the light of day. <laughs> Uh, cool. So that's uh, that's our Con of Thrones update. Uh, there's other Game of Thrones stuff we usually talk about here. There were some photos that came out, uh, and we are going to hold off until Dave comes back because we want you know a full family to well, talk about those. We want the Gonzalez take, the hot hot Gonzalez take. Right. We need to know what Dave thinks. Um, so we're going to hold off on those until next week. But for now, if you want to if you want to see them, uh, the easiest place to find them vanityfair.com where uh, someone on this podcast has already written about them. And, uh, you know, that's your homework for next week. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so let's move on to the big topic of the week. We have family to talk about. We do. We've got some family to discuss. Family matters. (laughs) We have some F8 of the Furious Mm -hmm. to talk about. Uh, We are, of course, talking about The Fate of the Furious, which is the eighth film in the Fast and Furious franchise, although I would argue that it is the fourth film in the second Fast and Furious franchise. Oh my god, we're going to need a flowchart. We are going to... It's uh, I've yarnwalled <laughs> the Fast and Furious franchise, and... Um, but if you think about it, so this movie uh, continues the trend of starring Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson and all the other uh, gang is there. Michelle Rodriguez, Ty, uh, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, uh, Natalie, Emmanuel. Kurt, Natalie Emmanuel of Game of Thrones fame, Kurt Russell, Luke, you know, Christopher. Oh, that's another guy I want to mention. Christopher Highview, our most beloved torment is there. But don't you think they, like, did not use him to the best they really they really didn't um let's start with what we liked because i have two big things that i liked what were those uh and they're both statham related uh the first is this amazing uh prison breakout scene in which the rock and jason statham break out of prison Sort of together, but sort of while trying to kill each other, which I thought was pretty great. Uh, it made me decide that I need to see more movies in which The Rock and Jason Statham. My idea was Tango and Cash, but 
I'm open to just about anything with The Rock and Jason Statham. Well, the second thing that happens, right, is that, that Jason Statham is on a plane and he is fighting to protect a baby. Yes, that is my other favorite thing about this movie because so, I am a firm believer that Jason Statham is one of the underrated comedy geniuses of our time. Yeah, I feel like the the producers and writers of the Fast and Furious franchise saw the movie Spy between uh, Fury 7 and, and this movie and they're like, oh shit, we were doing Statham wrong. We need to make right. it funny. <laughs> and they did and it's great and I don't even care about the retconning of the story. But what I was going to say is that like, uh, you know, you want The Rock and, and Statham in a movie. I say we had a baby. Right. Um, and make it like two men and a baby sort of spinoff. But with spies. Yeah. Where there's a lot of gunfights where the baby has to wear headphones. Yes. <laughs> Just sit there and be adorable. Yes. While yes. Jason Statham kills a bunch of bunch of fools. Yeah. Um, so those are two things that I liked. Uh, obviously, there's a story, allegedly, in this movie. <laughs> Apparently. Um, in which uh, Dom betrays his family and the gang must team up with Jason Statham's Deckard Shaw. And uh, they must fight. And now Dom works with... Um, what would you call her? Uh, huh, if I had to equate Charlize Theron's look in this movie to something else. Oh, she's the like budget Angelina Jolie and gone in 60 seconds. Except Charlize Theroner. <laughs> <laughs> They're both Oscar winners. So it's hard to like throw either of them under the bus. But like, I don't really understand like how you could so shamelessly knock off the gone in 60 seconds look. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's, Maybe it's that people just don't remember Gone in 60 Seconds enough, which they should. It's another car-stealing movie. Like, it's another car movie. Like, it's not like, oh, you know, that's what Angelina Jolie looked like in Salt or something like that. It's like, that's what she looked like in the movie where driving fast cars was a major plot point. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, so what uh, I've heard tell... Yeah. That you like this movie. I did. I did, actually. Um, here's, here's the thing that I don't understand. Or, like, here, here's what I'll say. Y- you know, I think most people know at this point, the Fast and Furious franchise underwent this, like, weird tumult where, like, okay, it started this as this, like, point-break knockoff with cars. And then it was, like, had its worst installment, I would say, in the second one because Vin Diesel wasn't there. So they're like, what if it's Tyrese instead? And you're like, not really, guys. Um, and then Tokyo Drift, which I actually quite like and think is underrated um and then the fourth one which is like whatever and then the fifth one like (laughs) they really the fifth one they really like um you know hit on something on struck gold because the rock joined and then all of a sudden it was like not just for action fans anymore it was like the 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 film twitter intelligentsia embraced the fast and furious franchises as like pulp masterpiece franchise that everyone gets really excited about and we all decided that like fast and furious is is cool again but what's crazy to me is like now then there's like this backlash to the embracing where where they're like i've seen headlines that are like oh the fate of the furious is lot the franchise has lost its soul and i'm like you saw soul in this franchise like like (laughs) the people who ever saw soul or depth or meaning i am so confused because to me this is like watching looney tunes like it's just like it's these crazy unkillable people who do these crazy stunts and freaking michelle rodriguez came back from the dead and like what you know it's like a soap opera meets a superhero movie meets looney tunes so like to Try to say that, you know, like, yeah, there, there are things I would have fixed about Fate of the Furious, but, like, 
you know, I'm not usually an advocate of like turn your brain off when you go to the movies. That's really how I feel about these movies. It's like just turn your brain off. Right. Go, it's like know? a it's like a two hundred million dollar telenovela. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Familia. <laughs> in which uh, in which car stunts, and it's also like it's like the movie that. It's like a good version of that movie where the actor signed up to do it because they could go on vacation in a cool place. Like, you know how Adam Sandler, like every couple of years, makes a movie about finding love in Hawaii? Or like a season, uh, I'm sorry, is like, how about this season in Italy? I'm just saying. Master of None right. season two Italy tour? Great. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's go hang out in Italy for yeah. a couple months. Um, but this one is like, there's Cuba and there's this really kind of fun Cuba race scene in which Vin Diesel is... Uh, not flammable <laughs> and he also throws a car a burning car into the ocean yeah he throws a burning car into the ocean yeah that's where we're at in the first like 20 minutes of this movie uh but it is also like this really cool scene in which he's in cuba but then you know he's walking down a street and charlie's there and it's like hey i'm in charge of you now and that's that yeah um but i do think that there's there's a lot of great action in this movie there is a the sequence in this movie in which charlie's theron's hacker takes over a bunch of self-driving cars makes me never want to get a self-driving car um because it can be used in a nefarious way over the top plot (laughs) to, to take out a russian diplomat and uh and really i think the most the most fun things about this movie are the stupid charm, like the just ridiculous uh, moments of like bravado. And I actually think that it's funny because people knock the dialogue of, of the Fast and Furious movies because one, it's not good. Yeah. Two, yeah. it's being delivered by actors who are not that good. Sometimes. Um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's like Statham and The Rock and they like know how to do it. And sometimes right. it's Vin Diesel who's like, you know, uh, I, I make more money than most people in the entire world, but I deliver my lines like this. Fine. Um, it's so it's funny. My my roommate and I were my roommate who was on this podcast uh, last week. Uh, we were having a discussion after seeing the film about Vin Diesel emoting, mm. and we're like, "Have you ever seen Vin Diesel talk where his mouth is open?" <laughs> Like, have you ever seen him talk where his mouth is actually articulating words? And I couldn't come up with anything other than I imagine it happened when he was in the booth recording for Groot. <laughs> I like other that than that, open mouth Groot made him. Open yeah. His mouth. Um, you know, Vin Diesel's a great actor in Saving Private Ryan. He just is. So, oh, that's right. That's he just, was good in Saving Private Ryan. That's just true. So, like, here's the thing. Vin Diesel can act. He just, for the most part, chooses not to. He just doesn't have to anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's like, guys, Vin Diesel the legend is too big. You can't slow him down. There's a thing called Pitch Perfect. Uh, not Pitch Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> pitch now, Black. Now I want a Pitch Black, Pitch Perfect, like, crossover. <laughs> um, Where the girls from Pitch Perfect yeah. are dropped into the world of yeah, Pitch Black. of Riddick, yeah. Okay, so oh, there's, God. Like, there's, like, the Riddick-verse, the Triple X-verse, and the Fast and Furious-verse. And they're all, like, still, like, viable. Right, and they all could, I'm sure someone out there on Reddit has already working on their unified theory of how all three universes are together. 
Oh, I was talking about this, uh, you know, I recorded an episode of the broadcast earlier this week with, with Vince Mancini, and I said, like, I want to cross over with Pitch, Bur- with Pitch, God damn it, with Pitch Black, with Triple X, <laughs> and with Fast and Furious, and, like, Vin Diesel's in all of them playing all three characters, and they just never acknowledge that they look alike. <laughs> it's just, like, Riddick and Dominic Toretto and whatever Triple X's name, is it Triple X? Uh, and no, it's Xander something. Cage? Xander Cage. Yeah, okay. I think that was in the title of the last one. Okay, so Xander Cage, Riddick, and Dom Toretto are all in the same movie, all played by Vin Diesel. Maybe they even have scenes together where all three of them are talking together, but nobody ever acknowledges that there's like a look alike. It's just fantastic. But, but um, while Vin Diesel's busy doing that, I really want The Rock and Statham to spin off. I mean, it would be bonkers for Universal not to, you know, uh, fracture this, you know, splinter this franchise off. Especially because, like, this movie and Fury 7, too, like, they're starting to feel so crowded. The family is expanding to the point where you're just like, there's not room for everyone, you know? Now so, there's going to be, like, kids. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole um, thing. Yeah, can we talk about for a second the end credits scene that did not get make it into the movie? Yeah, so I read this somewhere, and I'm, I apologize that I don't have my source in front of me, but it was a re- it was a reputable source. So this is not just some sort of like dirty backlot gossip. But this isn't hashtag fake news. No, <laughs> but, um, that that the that Universal or you know F. Gary Gray or whatever like filmed um, a a post credit stinger. That's the Rock and Statham teasing a spinoff. And they did it without telling Vin Diesel because Vin Diesel and the Rock have this like famous feud. And you'll notice when you watch Fate of the Furious that Vin Diesel and the Rock don't really share a single frame together. So like, you know, there's a whole breakdown of that over on Vulture.com and this theory that they, they were never allowed in the same place together. Basically. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, so Vin Diesel and the Rock hate each other. And so... I'm team The Rock all the way. Oh, absolutely. And The Rock called Vin a candy ass, so it's all it's all delightful, like, publicly. So, um, so you know, the, the, as the story goes, they filmed this post-credit stinger with Statham and The Rock, and then, but they didn't tell Vin Diesel they were going to do it, and they were just going to, like, put it on the, like, I don't know why you do it and don't tell Vin Diesel, but Vin Diesel found out uh, through a hissy fit. He is a producer on the film, so he has enough power to say, get it out of here. So there is no, as far as I can recall, no post-credit stinger on Fate of the Furious. Um, and, you know, there's some question of maybe that scene will be used in, like, the DVD, like the Blu-ray or something like that. Or maybe we'll use it all. Maybe the spinoff will just be, like, killed before it starts. But, like, I mean, Universal definitely wants a spinoff. Like, they want more oh, for sure. Fast and Furious movies. So, yeah. Yeah, we need uh, we need Neil H. Moritz, the uh, crack producer of the Fast and Furious franchise, to uh, sit Vin down and tell him that this is what the people want, because Vin is all about giving the people what they want. I mean, yeah. He's the, yeah. He's the people's princess. So, there you go. All right, so we sort of talked through it a little bit. Um, now, there's an important task that every person covering the world of film must accomplish when a movie <laughs> comes out uh, in a franchise that's more than, like, two films long. We must update our rankings yep. of that franchise. Yes. So we need to talk about where 
Fast 8 flies in on our rankings. Do we want to go... So I think we have, like, the bottom four are the same. No, we have the exact same lineup, except we have Fast 8 in different places. Right, okay. So our lineup... So basically, Fast 8 zoomed into different places in our lineup. But otherwise, before that, they were exactly the same. Oh, wow, that's true. We did. Okay, let me give you guys the bottom half, and which because I know people are going to want to argue about this. Um, But I'm not here to argue about this. I'm here to just be right. (laughs) Uh, At the bottom, the number eight film on both of our lists is Too Fast, Too Furious, which, not a great movie, but I would argue that Too Fast, Too Furious does have the single moment where this franchise sort of had the idea that it could just be ridiculous. It it just took it like three more movies to pay off. It's the scene where they jump, Paul Walker and Tyrese are in the car and they jump onto the boat. Yeah. And then when they crash on the boat, they just start laughing. Like that's like the moment of joy uh, that I think eventually became what happened later. <laughs> uh, the seventh movie on our list is uh, Fast, The Fast and Furious, which is the one where Letty dies, the fourth one. It was like the, it was the, uh, I don't know, rainstorm before the before the sunshine. I don't know. It was the, the darkness, last the darkness before the dawn. Can you yeah. can you imagine like how did this franchise keep going after? That's like, true. I kind I like Tokyo Drift, but like two, three, and four are just like people don't rewatch those movies. As far as I know, I mean, Tokyo Drift has its like fan base, but like. Two, three, and four are just sort of like these weird blanks in the franchise, and then um, I have going. a theory. Yeah, I, I have a theory about. So I worked in uh, the world of selling consumer electronics back in the day, um, and when Fast and Furious came out, when the Fast and Furious, the first movie came out in two thousand one, I remember that that is when DVD players, like it was coming to DVD when DVD players were like a brand new thing. And people were just starting to like really buy them. And I remember when the Fast and Furious came out, they came out with the first like $75 DVD player. And that thing sold out like crazy. Hmm. So my theory is that the first movie bought so much capital that they got all the way to four without ever having to do anything. Interesting. Like, like it was so popular and it was so popular in a very specific way. Yeah. Like it really caught on on home video. Um that I think that they they were able to just power through three more movies uh as like this serious street racing crime thriller thing with Vin Diesel. And uh and then somewhere along the line when right before Fast 5 came out Somebody figured out, oh, shit, we should make it like James Bond movies. <laughs> like uh, cartoon James Bond. Yeah. Right. So I think that's what happened. Um, and I don't know. Let's see. Who directed the third one? The third one. Was, I mean, they've all been Justin Lin. Like, it doesn't. Oh, John Singleton directed the second one. Um <laughs> great director and i love how that's like universally at the bottom of our list we're like fuck the john singleton one well i i yeah sorry um oh my god we're so classy 
The first one was directed by uh, Rob Cohen of the Mummy fame and written by David Ayer of Suicide Squad in fame. Uh, um, and <laughs> so, like, they went through this. You know, it's like a workshopping period where they workshopped a bunch of different ideas. They're like, what if we throw Ludacris in this movie? <laughs> and then that's the second one. And then they're like, what if we go to Tokyo? Uh, and then I really wasn't until Justin Lin uh, came back to the Dom storyline in F- Fast and Furious, the fourth one, that they started to sort of figure it out. Um but they so still then, haven't quite got it because, like in in four, which is when Michelle Rodriguez's character dies, right? They're still trying mm-hmm. to put like real world stakes on this thing, right? They're still trying right. to be like, oh, there's ramifications for this life you've chosen, blah blah. blah. Letty's dead, blah, blah blah. Later, only later, <laughs> are they like, just kidding? These people are immortal. They're cartoons. They can do whatever <laughs> they want. When Paul Walker died, we did not kill Brian O'Connor. He just drove off to the sunset because these are immortal gods and they don't die, except for Vin Diesel's baby mama. R.I.P. Okay. But that that rang true to people because those two, the first one and the fourth one, are the highest grossing of those first four, like by a mile. So those the Gotta that, have it. those those bookends. Anyway, those they're low on our list. <laughs> the fourth one is our second to last Tokyo Drift. We we both have it number six, which I think might be the most underrated one, but it also stars Lucas Black, so like whatever. Um, also, bullshit that Han dies. Like now, major bull- bullshit. Um, uh, I mean, this whole list is just going to be me talking about how bummed I am that Han and Giselle aren't still around because, like, there's literally no other couple in this franchise that I'm rooting for. But if Han were the lead of Tokyo Drift, um, like the true lead, then right. Tokyo Drift might be my favorite. <laughs> Oh, for sure. The Han character is great, is the point. Yep. So so then on our list at number five is uh, The Fast and Furious, the first one, uh, the one that introduced us to the concept of family and racing and you live in living your life a quarter mile at a time, which is something oddly they gave up on once they hit Fast Five. (laughs) So, uh, okay. So now this is where we start differing. So the top four are very different, potentially. <laughs> Not really. Uh, so what's your number four? Um, my number four is the sixth one. Mm. Furious Six. Furious Six. Wait, is it Furious Six and Furious Seven? Isn't it Furious Seven? Uh, I think it, it was... might be Fast and Furious Six. Oh, that's right. Fast. And, it was Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Furious Seven, oh the Fate of the Furious. Talking franchise. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So the sixth Seriously. One. The sixth one. Um, and this is the one in which they battle against Luke Evans, yeah, right? Exactly. We're like, uh, what happens this one? <laughs> yeah. And how weird for Luke Evans to come back. Like, it's, it, you know, you didn't need him to come back a lot. It's okay that he only came back a little. And, and you know, we've got we've got that whole family tree sort of um, building itself with adding Helen Mirren as a branch. But, like, it's weird that he, like, stormed the plane with Jason Statham, took the cockpit, and then we never saw him again. So, really, the only scene that, like, he had to film with anyone involved in this movie 
was the like when he and Jason Statham like land in the plane, right? Yeah, I am disappointed that at the end of that movie, there's not like a like mom dragging him off by yeah. the ears type of thing with Helen Mirren. So like, I don't know if Luke Evans' schedule was just crazy because he was like Beauty and the Beasting it up or like whatever, but he's they like he did that one like short scene with Statham, and then the rest is him like sort of skulking through the plane and then taking the cockpit, and that's it. And he doesn't get like a stinger or anything like that. So. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show that no one does off-screen work like Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> So, He's good job, especially good at. Uh, I can't think of something that rhymes with expectorating. All right, so what's in your <laughs> what's in your number four slot? Uh, let's see. My number four movie is the Fast Eight, the one we just saw this week. I it really doesn't. In my mind, it's it's very fun. It's got a lot of crazy shit in it, um, but I actually sort of liked the dynamics of villain and hero in the other movies better. So, you know, I mean, maybe it's Charlize Theron, which I hate to say. And if she ever hears this, I'm so sorry. Like she is. Oh, queen. She has, she has an Oscar, like a, a string of classic roles behind her. She's furious. Right. So we love her. She's even good in that snow white and the Huntsman movie in a bad way. And I think she's kind of doing the same thing here where she's just like, Hey, all my lines are garbage. So maybe I'll just open my eyes real wide and fill them with crazy people. <laughs> like the eye drop budget on this film must have been incredible because her eyes are just bugging out of her head and glistening the entire time. Um, nice. You know, but she has yeah, stupid I, stuff like hacker. Ba- oh, I hate hacker battles. So oh yeah, the hacker battle. That's that's the real. It's the real thing here. And they also they you know they brought in my guy Torment, my guy Chris Highview. And they sort of underused him and really sort of wasted uh, his badass gingerness. So I I thought it was it was weak bad guy. Um, and also the whole cyber, like this continuing, like now it's like a movie about like cyber terrorism, I guess. Oh yeah, because the God's Eye is this like... God's Eye, I mean they needed to ditch the God's Eye thing. Um, so yeah, so like if I... We're just ranking it based on the sequences in which The Rock and Jason Statham do amazing stuff. Then this might be number one, but actually it's number four because there's not enough of that. So my next one is uh, Furious 7, which is the one that came before this, which was the like awkward but R.I.P. Fond farewell for Brian O'Connor and Paul Walker. Um, You know, they were really hamstrung, I think, a bit by having to sort of do all that, having to like get his brothers to come in and put CGI on the brothers and like all of that. But there's still some like crazy great stuff that happens, like the jump of the car between the two buildings in, I think they're in Dubai, right? Um, Oh yeah. That's, that's a nuts scene. And, um, you know, Michelle Rodriguez fighting, uh, it's Ronda Rousey, right? Like, so Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot to love in Furious seven. So I, I put that next on my list. How about you? Nice. Uh, I'm going Fury, Fast and Furious 6. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Fast and Furious. <laughs> uh, honestly, you know, now that I'm thinking about this list, I think ultimately the sixth one might be my favorite. Wow. Wait, which one? So this is the one with Gina Carano, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Because this one also has that ridiculous, like, chase through the subway sequence, right? Yeah, I think so. Where they kick the shit out of each other, where Gina Carano and Michelle Rodriguez are, like, punching each other down the stairs. I was really sad that Michelle Rodriguez didn't get, like, a big fight. Right, she she does a lot of... She dropped that one guy into a propeller in in Fast 8, but she doesn't have, like, a big fight like she has had the last two times. Right, we want to see her kick the shit out of like some other prominent badass woman, or dude, um, or way, dude, but not like, just some indiscriminate Russian dude. Yeah, exactly. That's not fun. As much as we're like angry at Russia or whatever, that's still not that fun. No. Um, well, I actually, I mean, like, like she can kick a she can kick the crap out of a dude. That's you know, like she sh- like because the you know as you said they they underuse torment. So maybe Letty like you know bashes torments to bits like that his right his fighting and end was not very good and plus they set that up because there was that whole like part earlier where he threatened her so like you know i think it really would have worked for for her to be the one to dispatch him right um, and yeah. the other thing about six is it's the one with the tank it's the one where they're on the highway chase and the dude is driving a tank this one has a tank too yeah, but that one six has a better tank, and there's like, yeah, no, it's better. <laughs> All right, my my next one is Fast Eight, which is so Fast Eight is coming in at number two for me, and and I just I really liked it for the same reason that Neil liked it, which is Comedy Statham. Comedy Statham to me made this like one of the very best of the entire franchise, and so like I understand that there's a lot of garbage that is not Comedy Statham, but like the prison fight. The plane fight and then like all of his sniping in between really really worked for me. So I um, that's great stuff. That's where I'm putting fast eight. All right, and now that I've reordered my list <laughs> and put up fast six, um, my number the next one up would be Fast uh, Furious Seven. God, these are stupid names. Why can't they just be Fast and Furious One and Fast and Furious Two? I know. 2? If anyone's listening to this, they're pro- they're probably like, what what are you guys talking? Anyway, the seventh one is uh, on my list, is the next one on my list, because for all the reasons we talked about, it, it was I thought it was a very bold move to even go ahead with that movie after Paul Walker died. Like, that's insane from a filmmaking standpoint, um, but they pulled it off and legit cried at the end of that. So... There's yeah, that. I didn't like. I mean, I'm, I I was upset when Paul Walker actually like when he when the person died, but like mm-hmm. the, the tribute at the end of the movie like didn't get me in any way. Um, maybe because I'm dead inside. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but like, but but I think that's what people are talking about when they're like, oh, this this installment wasn't as soulful as that installment because that installment was about like the death of a major actor who was the like lead you know co lead of the movies and like right. So I can understand that if like you had an emotional connection to Furious Seven, like why fast the fate of the furious might seem sort of hollow by comparison but um we are at the top well because this this one's about birth and not death so nailed it oh my god here's the deal here's what doesn't make sense and and we're well into spoiler territories but like i hate the ending of fate of the furious in that they like build up to naming the baby when like as soon as um alana says the baby doesn't have a name you know he's naming that baby brian like you know it Actually, no. Really? I thought they were going to name it Paul, which is the actual, that would be, and I know it's like super meta, but like if you think about it, Brian still exists in that universe. Well, that's what I was going to say. 
it doesn't make so it's like, weird. A, no, I knew he was. I knew they were going to name it Brian. I knew they were going to name it Brian. And that's dumb because his friend is Brian. Because he's like his. Fr- it's his brother-in-law, and he's still alive. So like, why are you right. naming him Brian? Like, it doesn't make it like I want to name him Brian from my brother-in-law, who like we don't call now because we promised we'd let him have his new life. Like, you know, like he would, he should probably name that baby Mio or something like that. Like after his own actual fucking sister, you know, like. No, or name it Paul. That's totally okay. Like well, that's, everyone Vin, gets it. Vin, oh, that, that would have like pulled people out of it. I think Vin Diesel named his baby, Paloma, that, his name, his baby Paloma, his daughter. That, Paloma. that would be the moment that pulls people out of the Fast and the Furious, right, the eighth Fast and the on. Furious movie. My favorite Fast and Furious movie is Fast <laughs> Five with The Rock, blah, blah, blah. It's great. Uh, you know what I love about Fast Five? Uh, several things. One, The Rock is playing to a completely different movie in that movie, <laughs> especially like when he's like doing that walk and talk where he's like, I love chicken on my sandwiches or whatever he says. Um, Gotta got let daddy eat or something. I don't know. He says like a bunch of really stupid, cheesy lines and it's amazing. Uh, but then the chase sequence, the on foot chase sequence in that movie is nuts. So, yep. That's great. <laughs> so I feel like we've said everything we need to say about the Fast and Furious franchise. Yep, and probably confused you all with our rankings. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Point being, Fast 5 is really good, and maybe Fast 6 if you're Neil is at the top, and then Fast 2 is at the bottom, or Fast Too Fast, Too Furious is at the bottom. Even though it might be my favorite like incorporation of numbers and a name, Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, <laughs> Somehow we're making it more confusing. <laughs> oh, I thought it was clarifying. Fast five at the top, fast six at the top for Neil, two fast two furious at the bottom for both of us. A lot of mess in between. There you go. The end. Right, and and uh, fate of the furious is is fine. It's it's good. It's just fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, when we come back after this break, we have a very awesome surprise. Joanna and I are calling an executive decision. We're going to talk briefly about a movie that uh, that we really love, and we're back from that break. Where I hope you heard a bunch of cool ads. It all went according to plan. <laughs> yes. Um, in this final, I'm Hag. guessing. <laughs> Communist. This, um, basically, this is going to be a segment of me talking about Edgar Wright's Hot Fuzz, and Joanna's just going to shout lines from Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Um, anyway, so this week, there were a couple of big things that happened this week. One, uh, Edgar Wright, whose movie Baby Driver we talked about on a previous episode, uh, he turned a new age. It was his Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Edgar Wright. Happy birthday, Edgar Wright. And also, it is the 10-year anniversary of Hot Fuzz, which <clears throat> we're not going to go through the whole ranking, but I imagine... This is at the top of both of our lists of Edgar Wright films. Is that safe to say? Uh, it depends what day you ask me. It's very close. Wow. Between, it's very close between this and Scott Pilgrim. But um, Oh, yeah. Scott Pilgrim is good. Yeah, but probably this. Yeah. So Hot Fuzz, easily my number one. I like Scott Pilgrim a lot, but Hot Fuzz is for sure my number one for several reasons. One... It, I think it's the best uh, sort of banter and sort of lively duo-ness. From, it's all right, Andy. It's just 
bolognese. <laughs> uh, so I think this is the best Simon Pegg, Nick Frost movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I also think, well, I mean, other than like Spaced, which was, I, I know it's a TV show, but like they were great on Space together. Um, but even Space was about like Simon and uh, Jessica, you know, what's her name? And Colin, Hi, the dog. Um, but this movie also, I think, will go down as one of the all-time best casts ever assembled for a single film. Like, how do you not look at this cast and go, oh my god, I can't believe all those people were in that movie. <laughs> uh, you're talking your, your Jim Broadmeds, your Olivia Colmans, your Patty Considines, your, uh, you know... Other Timothy Daltons. Timothy Daltons, your Bill Nice, your Martin Freemans, your, your Rafe Spall. Your Rafe Spalls. Wait, Kate Blanchett was in that movie? Oh, yeah. she's Kate Blanchett's at the very beginning. She's his girlfriend oh. in outfit, and you only ever see her eyeballs, but she's, that's Kate Blanchett. Right. You also get um, your Peter Jackson as Santa, who uh, stabs him. Sandra Clegane. <laughs> yes, as uh, Yarp. Um, you get Steve Coogan. Yeah. We also get uh, Garth Jennings, director Garth Jennings, as a crack addict, which is pretty great. Bill Bailey um, as twins. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! And Alice Lowe of uh, she plays Tina. I don't even remember her in the movie, but Alice Lowe just came out with the movie Prevenge. She wrote and directed it. She's awesome. Uh, and she was also in Sightseers with, uh, it's a Ben Wheatley movie. Anyway, this, we're just, now we're just reading the cast. I will I'm say a this is, of <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, the first movie where I sort of, um, learned of the existence and brilliance of Olivia Coleman, which I think is pretty great. I also think that. Uh, this might have one of the great soundtracks of the modern era. Like, the soundtrack for this movie is fantastic. A great big bushy beard. Okay, so what... Uh, <laughs> I'm doing this all from memory, I promise you. So, <laughs> I've seen this movie so many times. What What are some of the songs in the soundtrack? Um, excellent question. <laughs> soundtrack. That's um, Angel's coming into your shop. Take a look at his arms. <laughs> Morning angle. Uh, I do think it's great. The the song, the the Fratelli's song, Baby Fratelli, uh, then became the song they play after every time the Chicago Blackhawks, my favorite sports team, score a goal, which is pretty fantastic. Um, and it, so here's here are some things that are great about Hot Fuzz. Uh, great buddy cop movie. It's also a send up of other movies I love. So like Bad Boys Two and Point Break. Yeah, yeah. So two other great movies. Um, it's weird. It's very violent. Like the way Timothy Dalton's character sort of meets his end, not death, but like meets the end of his story. (laughs) It's one of the most gruesome things I've ever seen in like a PG thirteen movie. <laughs> I want some ice cream. <laughs> and also that combined with the fact that there's the Aaron A. Aronson joke at the end. It's yes. fantastic. Oh um it is it's pretty great. I uh will happily celebrate it by watching it this weekend. And I 
it's funny because babe like when we talked about baby driver i talked about that being like the most edgar wright movie yeah but i would still contend that hot fuzz is the most essential edgar wright movie like that's where i would start people um most people would start with Shaun of the dead which is fine but i would start with hot fuzz for sure yeah sure yeah. Well, i have a really <laughs> important question for you though yes have you ever fired your gun in the air and yelled, ah? <laughs> yes. Oh, great. Good. You haven't cook- have cooked any fools. <laughs> oh, my God. This movie is perfect. It's a perfect movie. Yes. All it, the callbacks, really all the puns, all the everything. It's just, if I watched this sometime this weekend, I think it would definitely be my perfect Sunday. So, yeah. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> uh, this is this is what happens when Dave leaves us. You know what I love? Uh, it took me a while to realize, but like, so, you know, the whole, you know, I'm, I'm about to get a little deeper on Hot Fuzz than, you, than just shouting lines at you, which is this. Thank uh, God. You know, sorry. So, you know, it's about like um, rural English xenophobia, right? Like they don't want any, they have a perfect town, perfect village. No crusty jugglers. Yeah, no crusty jugglers, no kids wearing hoodies. Um, you know, uh, everyone's white, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, it, it, um, it took me like two watches to realize that everyone has a last name of like the kind of last name where it's like your job. Right. right. So Tiller and Wainwright and Cartwright and like, you know, Hatcher. Yeah, exactly. So they're all and like those old Porter. Anglo-Saxon names of like your name for the job you do and you've lived in this town your whole life and. Yeah, like Peter Ian Staker. Yeah. <laughs> Played by Stephen Merchant. His taker. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Porter Cooper, et cetera, et cetera. Draper, Blower. And these are all, like, this. that's true. You know, like Cartwright, Wainwright. If you're not into, like, Anglo-Saxon names, those are all, like, jobs that one had at the time. So, um, yeah. I thought that that's a fun thing that I like about it. <laughs> And we didn't, we haven't mentioned, um, oh, what's her face? Um, uh, the actress who's in, um, who plays Juliet. Ooh, yeah. Oh, what's her name? Oh, Lucy Punch. I love her so much. Her terrible laugh. Eve so Draper. Good. Yeah. And then, um, and then David Bradley, uh, good old Argus Filch himself. So, or no, um, yeah, but also. Game that guy, I'm that guy from Game of Thrones, now. David Bradley. <laughs> I'm sorry, David Bradley. Ah, suppose. <laughs> so yeah. What if a- only he would have stayed in the country, he never would have murdered Rob Stark. Exactly. So what a great movie. So really, the point of all this, me shouting Hot Fuzz lines in the microphone, is a reminder to you that you should watch Hot Fuzz this weekend. Right. It's a great movie. You can celebrate Edgar Wright. And the anniversary of Hot Fuzz. You could feel old because I was an adult in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, and uh, and yeah, you could see the Rogue Pictures logo, which I don't even think is a studio that exists anymore. Um, <laughs> ahead of Hot Fuzz. Okay. Have we gone far enough with this this I, episode? I think, yeah. I think we did. Okay. <laughs> anyway. We did it! <laughs> Oh, this is God. You know, I'm really sorry, guys. Like, Dave will be back next week, and we'll all of our, you know, we'll be corralled once more. Yes, we, he, should we he tell really them is... what happened? 
you guys sure this is if you've listened this far you deserve to know we recorded like 40 minutes in this podcast it is lost to history the my recording (laughs) thing had a hiccup this file is gone so we had to restart it so if we sound weird that's because a this is my third podcast of the day and b we lost 40 minutes uh, that we had already recorded so right although my half is still recorded and i will be reusing some of those jokes okay later great um anyway so uh next speaking of next week we do not necessarily have a topic yet for next week um but if you guys wanted to watch some things in preparation for our potential topics uh we would recommend going to see free fire if it is available in your locale and watching the new season of fargo because we might talk about one or the other or both next week we have to wait for dave to come back from his fugue state (laughs) until next week joanna robinson where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on vanityfair.com. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Wrote This. You can find me on this week. You can find me on the Frontcast, the Buffering Podcast, uh, which is really exciting because it's about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, and uh, Gen Pop, great show that I do. And also this one, Star Wars. <laughs> Excellent. And I'm Neil Miller, spell my name N-E-I-L. You can get me on (laughs) Twitter, at Rejects. You can follow the show, this show that you're listening to right now, at Storm of Spoilers. You can follow the other show that I do that has uh, Dave Gonzalez's appearance from last week, at One Perfect Pod. We talked about the Star Wars trailer. And uh, if you have anything that you would like to say to us, uh, if you have any feedback about this episode, maybe keep that part to yourself. But if you have other stuff you want to talk to us about, uh, email us, stormaspoilers at gmail.com. Remember to go and review and rate us on the iTunes store. The rule of Dave always applies. If you leave us five stars, you can say whatever the hell you want, just like Dragon Duck Surfer Penguin Guy, or whatever his name was. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Until next you week. guys, forgive us for this. We tried. <laughs> we are so, so sorry. We'll see you next week. <laughs>